Alright, welcome to episode 24. Thank you guys for coming. I think for this one I'm going to sit at my standing desk. So, here we go. Let's get it started. J, F, and K. Whoops, whoops, whoops. Okay, we're fine. Always wanted to do the one chip challenge. Finally did it. I've been putting that one off for years because I was too scared. I just, uh, I, I like hot stuff, but I have a limit. Ghost pepper is about my limit. Anything hotter than that, I can't do. In my first exposure to put ghost pepper, somebody took a toothpick and went boink at the very tip of it into the ghost pepper, put it on my tongue. It was burning for 20 minutes. The guy who uses it would actually uh, just dip a toothpick in it and just like kind of dribble it over his food and then mix it in with rice and beans and meat and all that stuff. But I made a new friend in the form of a fan who (laughs) uh, I was walking across like he was inside the gas station. I was probably not supposed to do it, but I was cutting across the gas station parking lot. He saw me and walked out without even purchasing a thing. He's like, hey, you're the guy from TikTok and like came and talked to me. We had actually talked on, on Instagram a little bit. I was like, who are you? He's like, I'm Jeremy. I'm going to talk more about that later, but uh, he and I did the one chip challenge with his family, which was the video just before this one, so I think you can go back and watch it. Whatever those hand movements were. It hurt. I was in pain. It hurt when it happened, but it wouldn't be so bad if you didn't have the stuff that happened hours later. (laughs) We went to Buffalo Wild Wings, and I sat there, and I ate something with jalapenos in it, which I think, like, reheated me. And I was sitting there with, like, contractions. They were just, like, killing my stomach. And then I stood up, and I was like, ooh, the timer's starting now. And I had to beeline it, walking casually, hey, to the bathroom to uh, to puke. And I broke a whole bunch of blood vessels in my face. You can even tell it looks like I got, like, a... Well, it, it's it's gotten better, but it looked like a black eye, because... Not a black eye, not a black guy. It looked like a black eye, because I had broken blood vessels from puking. Never doing it again. I did wait the three minutes to drink anything, though. Three minutes, four minutes, technically, because it took me about a minute to chew and swallow. And then I went the three minutes and then chugged a whole thing of milk. I chugged half a half gallon of milk, actually. Quarter gallon of milk, which is a lot. Had a little bit of ice cream, which it only helps when it's going down, so you have to constantly be consuming it, which isn't hard for me. But speaking of not that, I'm doing Sober October. Who's with me? I know Joe Rogan and his crew are, but I don't know them. Don't really know you guys either, so. But I'm going to do Sober October, which includes sobriety and a health push. Like cardio, eating right, sobriety is really going to help with that. And there was a third thing. Oh, I guess I combined the cardio and the uh, eating into one. But okay, yeah. But yeah, uh, I've never arrived at an October and gone, I'm going to be sober for this October. I'm usually like, I'll hear about it in in the middle of the month and be like ah <laughs> but it's october 2nd yesterday was day one today tomorrow's day three but today i went out and shot some basketball i bought myself a basketball <laughs> i don't think this basketball court ever gets used this place has been here uh, almost two years now and i never hear about bouncing basketballs but today i went out there for like 20 minutes and shot around It's really bouncy, so you have to be super accurate when shooting. With how bouncy it is, I mean, I can't, like, bank anything. I can't get anything in because it's just like, it's all bricks. I hardly made any shots. I brought my tripod and camera out there with me to to film and was so bad that I was just like, all right, well, I guess I'm not filming any of this. But I will. Uh, Yeah. 
I actually, I said camera, but I was picturing my iPhone, but it would be so cool to take this camera and my tripod and go out there, get some real basketball. But that's what my month looks like. And I'm making a movie this month and I'm going to do it, which sobriety is intermingled into the message of this movie and the previous two. So I'm just further, it's even better now with sobriety this month because my struggle is going to be seen on film. Me struggling, let's be honest, to be sober this month with ease and comfortability and trying to figure out how I'm going to do boring stuff sober. (laughs) I'm excited for that aspect because it's going to be real and raw and I'm very excited for this movie. So that's my month. Uh, I I, um, had this train of thought over a scenario that I can imagine may have happened with little kids recognizing me because... I can't imagine that they can always vocalize it to their parents. Let me back up. So a lot of a lot of times kids in restaurants or I'll walk to coffee shops in cars. I notice kids like like noticing me, staring at me. I don't know if it's just because I'm me or if it's because they know me from TikTok. They've seen me online. So I wonder if there's ever been a scenario where a kid has recognized me and gone, Mom, it was, I saw the guy from TikTok. And she's like, what guy from TikTok? And she's like, the the guy from TikTok. Because, I mean, how are they really going to know my name? They're not going to pay attention to that aspect of the TikTok. They'll just see me, my image, and recognize that. They're not going to know my name. But I just thought that was really funny. I'm sure that's happened, probably. Because, like, at Dutch Bros, I'll be in the Dutch Bros line. And there'll be somebody new coming in line, and the kid's just staring at me. And I'm like, I don't, I don't really know why, but I think it's fun <laughs> to picture afterwards the kid trying to tell his mom that it was me, and then it she has no clue. What guy from TikTok are you talking about? Anyways, I thought it was funny. I wanted to show you guys some history behind some of my faces. This one? <laughs> uh, so, sorry, listeners, you're going to have to find a way to watch this episode if you can. Or at least this segment of the uh, epithet. So, uh, first, I have this face that... All of my siblings can do. My parents can't really do, but my siblings and I... I don't know if we have a picture of all of us doing it or not, but we all do this duck face. Or it's also kind of the it face. It from Stephen King's It, the movie. The clown. So it's this face. (laughs) We can all do it. I started out taking selfies or taking pictures with fans with that face because I thought it would be funny. And I never really got a reaction. And then when I just raised my eyebrows, something so simple as that, I raise my eyebrows, it gets a laugh every time. So I go from this to this. And it's a much different face. The eyebrows make it like a kind of creepy, but hey, kind of goofy, you know. So uh, I've, I've realized that that's the way to take pictures now is the duck face with the raised eyebrows. That, that little detail um, changes, <laughs> changes the picture. I can't be taking a picture with kids doing... <laughs> There's no way. There's no way. No, it would have to be... Uh... You know, at least that. At least the raised eyebrows. But uh, there's this one face that I have kind of retired. If it was 10 years ago, it'd be a little bit easier to get away with it and not offend anybody. But uh, the face is called Grandma Chang. I made all my high school friends laugh with this face. So maybe it was just meant for that time period not to go out online. But it's this face. It's called Grandma Chang. Uh, Hello. Come kiss on the grandma. Hello. 
I got that face from Jerry Lewis. If you watch his movies, he will do that face off and you'll oh, But I just adapted it and my friends were like, it's like a Chinese grandma. And I was like, it's like a Chinese grandma. Don't let me make those noises anymore, guys. This face has gotten a lot of laughs. Um, it's like wide-eyed and worried. I don't know how to, I just came up with names, but it's, it's <laughs> I don't even know. I can't even see the face that I'm making. I'm just cute and caught smirk. <laughs> it's like if if I was caught. I use I use this face on my mom when she's like, "Did you do this?" And I'll just go, <laughs> and it makes her laugh. And then I I can like kind of get away with not getting in trouble, which is called cajoling. And I'm gonna tattoo that word on my arm actually soon. I cajole. I cajole because that's one of my tactics the i learned in film school in acting is that's one of my biggest tactics that i do is to make people laugh to get me on their side or lighten the mood or whatever but a cute and cop smirk <laughs> do that one like a, with a cop or something you know how fast we're going <laughs> oh i have this dork wide one where i usually use it to make fun of a really stupid comment or something like that but it's this face <laughs> so that face has gotten two great responses from friends of mine i was at brazil i was what i was in brazil one time and talking to a friend and we're like this and then there was another friend who had who was behind him but had her back turned and then she turned around to face me right as i did that face i went uh in conversation with Conrad, but she she turned around, saw my face, and went <laughs> like exploded into a laugh. It's one of the best reactions I've ever gotten from a face. Her timing was just so perfect right there. That same face, I was talking with my buddy David Brown, and I said something like, well, you know, just gibberish like that, and he, he goes, <laughs> like bust out. It was involuntary. Two top reactions from the same face so that it's fine fun. i got this face from jerry lewis it's uh, like pleasure and joy it's a ha ha uh you know those things that like scratch your head and you can like release them down on your head slowly and it's like hey that face could be and it has to come with like a that <laughs> that hot breath come out then there's a schemey with like a soft chuckle. It's like this person is coming up with a plan or has devised a, a devious plan. <laughs> you know, I was I was like that one. And then this last one that I wrote. There's so many faces that I have, but I can't even find them all. I like I can't even think of all of them. I have to go through my own videos and like, oh, there's a face I can I can find history of or something like that. Uh, but this last one that I wrote down here is um, kind of a forced unhappy smile, like so unhappy with the, the circumstances around him that he has to... Hmm. I like to do that one. A lot of people in my family will do that one. If there's something like somebody super loud in public, we're like, mm, that's fine. <laughs> okay, so yeah, those are the faces that I wrote. I'll find some more faces and describe them to you in later episodes. Moving on to the next uh, subject, though. I made a friend. I, I said this earlier, but I made a friend in the form of a fan. Uh, he, he and his wife have watched my stuff for years now. We, we've even communicated on, on Instagram, like I said. And I, I have not made new friends in a, in a long time. 
in a long time because I moved to Michigan in 2014 and made a whole bunch of new friends at college. And then I kept those friends up until 2019, came back here in, to Oregon in 2019 to the same friends. So now making new friends, especially under these circumstances where they've seen my content, so they're familiar with me, but I have no idea who they are. It's interesting, and allow me to kind of explain some things here about me and my social abilities and my social flaws. Because I have a lot of social flaws, actually. I find them interesting, so I want to talk about them. But I've always been good at getting people to like me, especially in person. And if there is somebody who doesn't like me, I don't really ever know because... I'm always focused around the people who do like me and enjoy my company and make me laugh and I can make them laugh. But I've never been good at getting myself to like people. Like I'm not very codependent in my social life and I've made a ton of acquaintances. But where it's a, a friendship of reciprocity, like we're both giving and getting, those relationships that I have now, those friendships, I actually, a lot of them, started out disliking that person. And that was on me. Some of the best friends that I have now, I started out not liking. Because I make initial judgments, I find things that annoy me, and kind of turn me off to even dealing with this person, or wanting to engage with them, wanting to make them laugh... Um, I find other funny people to often be kind of a turnoff to me. I think that's definitely, like, a sense of pride that I have of, like, I'm the funny person, you know. And I'm not saying that should be there. I'm just saying that that has impeded me on making friends uh, with people in the past. Definitely. I've missed out on a lot of friendships. But things like this kind of bug me about certain people, uh, mainly in guys... But that whole, like, codependency of needing to share a look during a laugh... That I don't like. I don't like seeing it. Where something in the room will happen and two people look at each other as they laugh. I don't like it. I don't like to see when it happens and I don't like to experience it with another person. Uh, it actually raises my anxiety by the millisecond uh, the longer that we keep eye contact during that laugh. I will say there are few, few people that I can look at and share a laugh with which would be considered a form of intimacy right there and there's intimacy even in friendships that can be missed out on because of pet peeves and maybe not really knowing how to behave when annoyed like how to be annoyed and still be cordial with the person like it bugs me i've I've laughed even with a friend and ignored their look at me. I have continued looking while they look at me and I've just laughed at whatever. Because it's just an independent laugh to me. I'm not like connecting my emotion to another person. Usually what it takes for me to like a person is to find out something about their trauma. It's a big reason that I dislike small talk is because I ask for and reveal vulnerability pretty quickly in conversations with people. I don't like small talk. It's too awkward. I My form of intimacy with a friend is vulnerability and telling them things that I wouldn't just tell a normal person. Because in those moments is where I can keep crazy eye contact, dude. I think I weird friends out with how intent I am on keeping the eye contact and listening to what they're saying. But if the person is shut off and funny all the time, just trying to be funny, 
and never really vulnerable, I don't really care and I don't really like the person. But with some of those friends that I have just started off disliking, we were always in an environment, either summer camp or college or church, where we had to spend a lot of time together and we would just find ourselves in conversation because we're the same age. We've had some interactions. We've played some games. We've competed and now we're talking. But you can't keep small talk up for very long. So it's bound to go a little bit deeper. Let's always break the surface level. That's like always what I'm there for is breaking the surface level and just digging deep and and even straight just talking about trauma. Like I've started doing that. I'll just be like, yeah, my boss kind of molested me at, uh, at uh, you know, one of my last jobs and people will kind of be like stunned, but then they'll share a story about something similar that happened to them and they were fired for it. And then we get to talking about that. Tattoos are huge conversation starters. I have several tattoos, and the the amount of friends that I've made just starting, oh, dude, I love your tattoo, what's it mean, if anything? Sometimes it doesn't really mean anything, but all of mine do, so I get to share with them. And, yeah, I, I, I do find the funny people kind of obnoxious, but I also have met people who intimidate me and my humor. Because I'm like, they are so much funnier than me socially. Like, sure, I could get up on a stage and perform maybe a little bit better than them, but... How they're doing in a circle of friends, making them laugh, uh, I'll never be able to compete with that. That's so good. Probably because of how many judgments <laughs> I have that keep me from maybe wanting to engage, or maybe I just straight up don't have the ability to. I don't know. One thing that I will say is much different is being popular online and making friends in real life from that. Because they come... And I've noticed them, I've noticed it in a lot, and I'm alone in, in these observations because they're all individual cases, but I'm noticing a pattern, so stay with me. They will come with these assumptions about me as if we're already friends. And I'm like, I don't know you. Yeah, you've watched my stuff, but I don't know you. This is really one-sided. And I need that to be seen by them more. I need it to be seen that this is more one-sided than it is, you know, because uh, I'm just not familiar with them. And a lot of them want to make videos either on their own or with me, and they clearly don't know how, and that dude is honestly very frustrating. That's a frustrating experience for me because I it's my study. It's my area of expertise. I've studied this. I have put a lot of time in it. And for them to just kind of assume that they're maybe at the same level or that he doesn't really know what he's talking about or, oh, let's do it this way. I would have to explain so many things about the history of of this thing to explain why it doesn't work. Like, no, there's this whole thing called the 180 rule and you have to film this side and then blah, blah. Like, it's just, yeah, it's it's tough. To hear like, yeah, you know, we can make videos and you can coach me on it and... I'm just like, dude, coaching is much different from... I don't have the ability to coach somebody. I'm, I'm not a coach. And I find coaching actually extremely frustrating. I kind of shut down if I if I get that they're, that they're not getting this and they should. Not that they should be. It's just that they're, they're not going to because they haven't put in the time. And they haven't watched the movies that I've watched. And they haven't studied like, that word shouldn't be underestimated. I mean, 
not to compare myself to a doctor, but doctors have gone through their study. Lawyers have gone through their study. I'm sure that it's frustrating for them to encounter self-educated people in this area. I know things about film, and I can't really convey them in the way that I need to. That would be a good coach job. And I'm not always on or funny when they meet me in person or want to hang out. A lot of people want to hang out with me, and I'm, I'm moody, and I'm cynical, and I'm grumpy. More often than I'm funny a lot of the time. I get annoyed with people a lot. And it catches people off guard and then their overall opinion of me changes. That's what I sense. So then they can't ever see me as that content creator and watch my content the same way because they've met me in person and had all of these perceptions and like the mystery's gone. They expect who they see on screen to be that person in real life. And I am definitely not even close to being the first one to say this or voice this frustration because I'm sure actors, celebrities go through it constantly or anybody of any profession. Being on TikTok is a long character. It's a really long character that I'm doing and you're going to meet and see a lot more of me in a a long form podcast where I can share a lot of myself in a way that doesn't have to be funny. It doesn't have to be. On TikTok, I'm always funny, but here I I like to be, I like to let my guard down and not always have to be on. The expectation to always be on, I think, is what drove Chris Farley into his demise. I want to break that, and, and I want people to know that I have the ability to be funny, but it's very much in a performative way. I'm funny in a performative way. I'm not very funny in a social way. I promise you that. Like... And humor in performance and humor in social circles are are two whole different beasts. And that is a frustration I have when other people don't see it the way that I would love for it to be seen. So that's kind of all I have to say about that. Although I I do kind of go into another little bit of a rant here where I talk about... um, So my dad heard this phrase a lot when he was a kid. You're a pastor's kid. You should know better. He has told me a number of times with such passion how much he hated hearing that. Because it's false. To be held at this higher standard just because you're a pastor's kid, which some pastor's kids and missionary kids are some of the most effed up. The amount of absurdity that that sentence implies... As if only pastor's kids, God forbid they say any cuss words. But regular churchgoers have a little bit of leniency. Why? Explain to me why. Well, because they're just the, the pastor and the, on the pedestal. If that pastor and his family step out of bounds, castrate them. But that family over there will kind of forgive them. They're just lowly peasants. It's the same thing with being a missionary. You should know better. You're a missionary kid. I heard that all the time. Which just almost made me resent being a missionary kid. Well, if you're going to hold me to some standard that I don't believe exists, that I need to be any more godly than you, we're on the same plane, bruh. So, check this out. You have a big social media platform. Do better. Be better. As if non-creators can do anything, say anything they want. In the comments, they can make any comment they want. But if the creator claps back, man, it's pathetic. Are you really responding to me right now? Why wouldn't I? You just offended me. (laughs) I'm not going to automatically 
respond better and take the higher road because I'm the content creator, because I'm the missionary. No, sometimes I'm going to get a little pissed and I'm going to say a bad word. <laughs> Non-creators have nothing to worry about. They're, not, they're never going to get canceled. What do they have to worry about? Their version of getting canceled is family strife. Uh, getting fired from a job and getting arrested or sued. They're not gonna. Ex they're never gonna experience a public shaming. <laughs> they're always gonna be on the attacking end of that public shaming, and that shaming can go off the rails quick. For a mistake made by a public celebrity held to a higher standard because he's a public celebrity. Be better, Shia LaBeouf. He's a dude who's going to make mistakes, especially if he's getting into substances. Yeah, he's going to make mistakes until he learns to stop on his own, which I, I, I believe he has. I believe that he has, according to him on some podcasts recently, but that was just totally an example. I just wanted to vent about that, but I'm pretty much done with this episode. <laughs> At least that was uh, all that I had written. But thank you guys so much for listening. Let me know some of your thoughts on this being held to a higher standard stuff. I would love to know some of your thoughts in these comments. Just some of them. <laughs> but anyways, thank you guys again. Uh, we'll talk to you next week. Peace and love.